You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Diamondbacks have had a nice little run of games recently, so let's talk about that. I'm Allison Twitter, and I'm here with Steve Gilbert, as we are every single week. Uh, Steve, the, the D-backs had a little bit of a rocky start, but things seem to even out. And Robbie Ray, let's talk about his recent start versus the Giants, a very good one, an improvement in a lot of areas. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, Allison, you know, you know, Robbie's always had great stuff, and, and his numbers last year, if you look at his ERA, was very good. Um, but they, they really wanted him to improve his pitch efficiency to not, you know, have so many deep counts so that he couldn't, uh, you know, pitch deep into games. And so last uh, last night, as we're recording this on Wednesday, um, you know, he was able to go six innings. They needed those innings because the bullpen's been a bit overtaxed. Um, and he, he was able to do that because he only walked two guys. He was a little bit more efficient, um, and he was using all his pitches, his breaking ball, his changeup, his fastball. And when when he throws like that, that's the kind of guy that, that really excites the Diamondbacks and is the kind of guy that they are, are waiting to see break out on, a, on an absolute regular basis. Yeah, is there a reason why the Diamondbacks play so well in San Francisco? That's a really weird place for an opposing team to do well. I mean, that's a hard place for teams to win when you're not the Giants. Um, the vibe, the atmosphere, the sold-out crowds, the fact that the Giants play very well there. Diamondbacks have won eight of their last nine games there and ten of 12. Is there a reason for this? You know, it seems kind of crazy to me because for for as long as I can remember, they didn't play well at AT&T Park, and they would they would seem to find ways to lose when they played uh, when they played there. And, and all of a sudden, now they can't seem to lose there. So you ask uh, you ask them why that is, and sometimes people just try to come up with explanations for you. They really don't have a good explanation for you. But the the going theory right now, uh, at least talking with Chris Owings and, and Chip Hale is that the atmosphere that you refer to, which is always very good, very passionate fan base that they have there right now, um, is actually working in the Diamondbacks' favor because it helps them to um, to get energized for a game and playing in front of a crowd like that and, and, and at a ballpark like that and um, that, the, that they really enjoy kind of playing there and, and it's also a, a pretty pitcher-friendly park, so it seems to to make their pitchers relax a little bit. So that that seems to be the theory. I, I really don't know that there is an explanation for it, but it is quite a, a, a turn from where it was just a couple of years ago. Does that surprise you at all? I'm always a little I, – I guess I just think of like, a, a, like when you're an opposing player um, on the road that the hostile crowd would work kind of negatively against you. I mean, not that they really think about it too much either way, but it's 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 amazing to me that a a player could be fueled by what are what are like um, hostile taunts and things against them, when I guess it's just any loud noise is going to get them fired up. Well, and I think it's just the energy that's in that ballpark too could be part of it. You know, over a course of a long season and and a lot of games played, um, maybe necessarily not in front of a packed house or in front of a quieter crowds uh, as they go around. Um, when they come to a place like AT&T that's kind of electric like that, maybe that does give a little uh, jolt of electric, <laughs> well, electric and electricity, but gives them a little bit of jolt of energy um, as they, uh, you know, when when they uh, kind of break up the monotony. Yeah, everybody's all hyped up on those crazy crab sandwiches. Um, so let's <laughs> move to, I love that place. Oh, I could eat. If I ate dinner there every night, I'd weigh 800 pounds, but I would be the happiest person on the planet. Um, Are you a garlic fries person? 
garlic fries, uh, the cha-cha bowl. I mean, I would be dead broke, too, by the way. But, um, but oh, my gosh, do I love that food. And the clam chowder and the sourdough bread bowl. Woo! Anyway, uh, so let's move on to the fact that the bullpen, we're 14 15 games in the season. The bullpen is already overworked. They're already making roster moves. They've already had two extra inning games. Oh, my goodness. So it's really the bullpen that gets the brunt of all of this when they have to have these long games. So without – I'm not going to ask you to recite everything they've done lately, but there have been a lot of moves up and down to fortify that bullpen. Yeah, you know, I'll say the the, the biggest thing that that hurt them was uh, Saturday night. Shelby Miller um, did something that the, most of the staff has never seen before in their in their careers in baseball. He he hit his right hand on the pitcher's mound during his follow through twice uh, during one batter, uh, and ended up uh, having his hand throb and had to leave the game and his hand was all cut up and bleeding. Um, and so that they left, he had left in the second inning of what turned out to be a 14 inning game. And that right there just really uh, set the bullpen back. Uh, it was already kind of uh, on fumes and that was, that was the thing that really kind of pushed it over the edge. So they've made a bunch of different roster moves trying to get fresh arms up from Reno. And it seems like, um, over the last 24, 48 hours, things have uh, stabilized somewhat now to where uh, they might not need to make any moves, at least not for the next few days. Yeah, have you ever heard of anything like that? And had that ever happened to Miller? I mean, that was I had to read that um, diagnosis a couple of different times. Like, they basically scraped his knuckles um, on the dirt on his follow-through on the mound, um, which I've never heard of anything like that before. Has he? No, and I asked him that, and he said no, he'd never done that before, and that it was, you know, more that he banged it on there pretty hard, which kind of caused it to throb more so than even the scraping. So uh, it was just something that, that left everybody a little perplexed, and he worked uh, a couple of days ago in his uh, between-start bullpen session on uh, his mechanics to kind of try to figure out what may have happened uh, in that situation. Okay, so as we're recording this, Zach Ranke is going to be pitching in a few hours, um, and he's going to try to avoid, I guess, his first 0 3 start since 2010. So he's been largely unimpressive. I guess we don't get too hyped up about anything this early, but this certainly is not what they had in mind when they signed him. And are there any feelings of uh, worry that this is something more than just a slow start? Uh, I think they were they, – they... Uh, were encouraged by how he looked the last time out against the Padres. It started to look a little bit more like the Zach Greinke they were used to. Um, he just feels like he's still missing too many spots. He just hasn't been as pinpoint with his command uh, as he was last year and in, in some of the years past. So that's something he's been work, uh, working on. And I think one thing I found interesting about Zach is that uh, the first day here in San Francisco, um, he was the only person sitting in the dugout um, when the Giants started batting practice, which is pretty early uh, in the afternoon. And he was just sitting there just locked in on what each and every one of the hitters uh, was looking like in the batting cage. And um, it just kind of shows you the kind of level of detail that, that he goes to to try to uh, gain any kind of advantage he can. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I never would have uh, thought of a pitcher doing that. Um, I, I Okay, we're going to end this. I, I have been... This is a Diamondback podcast, and I just went on and on about how great the food is at AT&T Park. So to be fair and be even, I have to say that on opening day I had the grilled cheese, the new grilled cheese stand, so I hit that. Have you had? Have you tried the grilled cheese at Chase? I, ha- 
I have not, but I've heard great reviews on it. They have the best popcorn lady in the whole, you know, the whole all of baseball right there, um, just down below, on the concourse level there too. I'm a big fan of their popcorn at Chase Field, so I, I could eat that all day long. Yeah. Okay. So I went up to the to the stand, and I have to say, like the people there are so friendly. So uh, they they've got great customer service at that ballpark. And I asked the guy who's working, "What's the best one?" And he said the one with the brisket. So it's basically grilled cheese with a slice of brisket in the middle. It was so heavenly and wonderful. And it's this huge sandwich, like gigantic. Like it's probably a little bit too big, but um, and not. I mean, it was kind of. I mean, everything's overpriced, but it was actually like for what you're getting, it was a pretty good price. And I have to say, I highly recommend. So sometime this season, Steve, I don't know if you're a grilled cheese guy, but you're going to have to try that. I absolutely will do that for you. And I'm looking forward to this next road trip when I get to try the Burgerita, Burgerita in uh, in Atlanta. The, the two pepperoni pizzas with a uh, cheeseburger in between them. <laughs> yeah, I was reading through all the new foods at all the new ballparks. And the one, there were a couple things in Atlanta that actually made me stop on my tracks. I'm like, you cannot be serious with this. You can't be serious. <laughs> Well, I'll give you a report on that next month. We'll we'll have to do that in the podcast. Okay, thank you. Don't let me forget because I do want to hear a rundown on it. So thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, Allison. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.